guys. I have a very special episode here. I have my sister who has been one complaining that, you know, she wanted her own time slot. <laughs> but two, I actually have a really good topic to talk to my sister about. Probably. So ladies and gentlemen, Candace Smith, my older sister. Yay! <laughs> Do you want like a, an applause? I know there's a button yeah. here that is an applause. I just don't know which one it yeah. is. Don't worry, I'm applauding myself. You're applauding yourself. That's great. Mm -hmm. Guys, welcome my sister. We are here to talk about uh, her latest movie release called The Protégé. Did I say that right? Yeah, it's not bad. Protégé? Protégé? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, sometimes you try to say it very French. Mm -hmm. Very French. So, Candice, we're talking about The Protégé. You just had your film premiere, like, a week ago yesterday. Yep. Um... Let's bring it all the way back to before the film premiere mm. um, when you first wrote The Protégé. Am I supposed to look at you or the camera? It I've doesn't matter. I've been looking over there the whole time. <laughs> so I don't it know where I'm supposed to look. It doesn't really matter because it's mainly audio. The camera oh. is just like for extra okay. stuff. So I'm not going to be on IG. You are going to be on IG. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah, but right. you look wherever you feel comfortable to look. All you right. know, we have our blankets. I had to grab another one because it's kind of cold where we are. Okay. Uh, get comfortable and let's talk about the protege, the making of the protege mm -hmm. from, I think it would have been nine years ago because eight years ago you filmed it. Yes. So it had been nine years ago that you wrote it. Yeah. Okay, so how did we get to that point of you first writing the protege? Um, I was doing stage plays. From 2011, 20, so 2011 to 2014 at that point. And the latest stage play I did was Favoring Fair. Um, and that was honestly, you know, I, I'm i not a parent, like an official parent, but, you know, parents say that they're not supposed to have favorite children. Well, too bad I have a favorite play. Okay. <laughs> she All has right. a favorite play. I have a favorite, and Favor Ain't Fair is my favorite. And that was the last play you did. No, it's not. No? I did, like, a whole I can't remember two plays after that. Did you? Did I did you? I Won't Go Back, which is a spinoff. Is it a spinoff? I can't remember. But I did I Won't Go Back and Second Chance. Okay. But Favor Ain't Fair was your favorite. Yes. Okay. Um. So that was my favorite play good storyline um good singing anyways the, the point is after doing that production mm -hmm. um there's two character storylines Samantha and Paula who I had in the play I saw how those two stories from the play could intertwine and make a really good movie mm -hmm. and I saw it in my head and I told my mother, I remember going to my mom in her room and I was like, mom, I have this like movie idea um, based off of favorite fair. And I'm telling her that. And she's like, so it's the play. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not the play. <laughs> it's not it's the, like play. the film. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, I'm saying it, those parts from the play, but it's different. Um, so anyways, there was, there was only one way for it to kind of be real. And that was to write a script. So in 2014, I started, I Googled how to write like a movie script. Yeah. Movie scripts yeah. and all the technical aspects of it. And the details they put into it. So, you know, thank you for Google teaching yeah. me. And I just learned how to take the story in my head and properly format for... Because you did um, 
you wrote scripts when we were in high school and you do drama classes yeah. and you learn how to do that, but you don't really know how to, you don't learn how to do that for movies though. No, not at all. Completely so it was a different, different ball game. You have, you got to describe everything. You got to describe the setting, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of stuff. I, I honestly haven't done it in years, but there's a lot of details that you put into the film script because by the time you, it gets time for shooting, all of these different people who's going to look at the script, they need to know what their role is going to be. And you would have had to like kind of describe that. In. Now, I know a bit more because obviously I've been on the journey with you. So yeah. I'm going to be like bringing up things that you're going to be like, oh, you should already know this. <laughs> but <laughs> it's for the people that are listening that that don't know what uh, we did or how we got to this point mm-hmm. but um i even remember like we talk about doing the trailers for the plays yes and you had um a videographer cinematographer yes. can't remember his name right now yes um but you guys did a trailer for one of the plays i don't know which one mm-hmm. and he said to you that oh this is good like it could be a movie mm-hmm. did that contribute to you saying okay yeah maybe i could do a movie it was a deciding it was a part of it um we did a film like trailer for favor ain't fair to help just advertise it um and a lot of people thought at that moment this was a movie um and we're like no it's just a play we're just trying to like you know find a new a unique way to promote the play so Doing working on that with him allowed me to see, okay, like it's probably not that hard. Honestly, working with him made me feel like all oh, this is easy. You know, <laughs> like, like this is gonna be a piece of cake. Oh, this, you know, I was able to figure out this, you know, two minute trailer. I'm pretty sure I could you know, do another eighty eight minutes to that and create a whole movie. Um but yeah, I think it helped me to have a vision of what um me directing behind the camera would look like and it gave me a sense of okay it's possible but there was also um I also wasn't prepared for the reality of actually doing something mm-hmm. um it I think that gave me the, a little bit of what's it called when you're young when you're young and you don't know you don't know much I can't remember what it's called. Okay. But I think I get what you're saying. Though. Yeah. When yeah. you're young and you just don't know much. So you kind of go in and you're just able to you're jump. almost like naive, naive. Yeah. yeah. And you're able to just jump. Yeah. That experience was maybe a little bit naive about what the whole process would be. But do. I think that's good. Cause I feel like if you knew the whole entire process, you'd be like, yeah, I don't want to do this. That's exactly. too much work. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I feel, I feel like I had to have that experience. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah, this is possible. Um, you know, I was able to do that. Yeah. Doing that, promo trailer for the plays made me think okay this is cool like i could do something and i think me doing that before the play and then now having a film idea in my head it just kind of all you know aligned back to back right now when you were writing the script did you know who you were going to work with because now like now that the film is done a lot of people are aware of your producer joelle brown yeah uh, did you know when you were writing that script that she was going to be a key person to help you through that journey no i did not know um at that moment i was just writing i think maybe at some point along the lines of me writing because the writing process took a little while um but maybe at some point mid to the end of me writing the script I probably told Joelle, hey, I have this idea. Um, and it, maybe at that same 
time I could see her playing the character. Because mm-hmm. at the same time, whenever, whenever I'm doing anything, I like to see that it's possible for me to achieve it. So I may not have known all of the actors for each role, but there was a character here and, and there that I'm like, oh, I think this person can do it. Yeah, because she wasn't just a producer. She didn't just work with you in that sense, but she also acted in yeah. the film as Paula, one of the main characters. Yeah. Um, so just knowing that there's so much work that was put into it on both ends for her being Mm -hmm. in the acting position as well as the producing, I was just wondering, Hmm, was she always supposed to be in both roles? Um, yes and no. (laughs) Yes and no. Going in blindly. Um, again, if someone auditioned and they were able to play the role well, I probably, I probably would not have put that expectation or, you know, asked you to even audition. Mm -hmm. Knowing who she is, she probably would have still wanted to do it regardless. Yeah. So um, that would have definitely been out of my hands. But I did know that the chances of someone who I'm connected to being able to play that role and being willing to commit to such a task and project, um, Joelle was the best person. Right. And I would have asked her to focus on, like, for the most part, during the filming journey, she was more focused in the actor role than the producing role. Okay, so she probably came in more um, in a producer's role post-production. Pre and post. Pre and post. Yeah, so pre up until, like, the day we're filming. Okay, so what was the audition process like? I know I'm asking you to go way back, Mm -hmm. but I think there are so many people that are fascinated with how on earth did Candace Smith get a whole film put together so like for those people that actually went to the premiere yeah those people who are watching the film at home um like they're just like oh like this is cool but how did we get here so what was the audition process like again going in like um we know something but we don't know anything at all (laughs) So the audition process, again, I think it went back to Google. Google, how do you do auditions <laughs> for a film? Um, but what we, we, we reached out to people. Who, we put it out there um, on, like, websites where we know actors are looking for um, films, roles. roles and opportunities like that. And the reality is that for actors to be able to be in a feature film is very r- rare. As much as there are a lot of movies out there being made each and every day, a lot of them don't make it to like even um, the distrib- the distribution part part of it. Um, at the same time, a lot of people a lot of people who um, are desiring to do it may not have the connections to be able to do it. So there there are people who want to act and they just don't know how to be connected. So we tried our best to put it out there in the public eye and on websites where people who are interested in acting, they're able to see it, as well as whoever we're connected to in the church circle. And I did not put it on any of my social medias. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I don't think people follow me for that anyways. Right. Um, but I was afraid to kind of like put it out there. So it went, it was just online and then whoever we knew and people able, were able to come into the, um, audition room i think we had a day or two of auditions and we had a camera set up just like how this is kind of set up and we wanted to see how well they look on screen Mm -hmm. and whether or not um they were able to portray whatever role they're auditioning well for screen Mm -hmm. so all of the auditions were recorded and we were able to go back watch it back and um 
go from there. I know there are some people who submitted video auditions and one person, I think the one who plays Samantha's um, baby daddy. Okay, yeah. Um, what's his character's name? Not Corey. No, I don't know I what his character's remember. name is. But um, he, the one who plays Samantha's baby daddy who didn't want the baby, he did a video audition. Mm-hmm. So I never met him in person until maybe just before filming or during the rehearsal process. So we were able to cast someone just by doing a video audition. And that's kind of how the audition process went. We went back and forth, Joel and I. I think I even showed the family like some of the auditions that came in. Yeah. But I already knew based off of the auditions who would fit the the roles. Now let's talk about Rochelle Robinson. Yeah. She plays the main character, Samantha. Yeah. What about her audition was like, yes, she has to have that role. It was amazing. <laughs> See, and this is why you should be, you should take time. She's there eating candy while we're doing this, and that's not no problem. But girl, like, pay attention. <laughs> I was I thought you guys set up the question longer. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you want me to go on? Okay, no, no, I can, no. I can, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. The, I'm done with my candy. All right. Um, what about her audition? Yeah. So Rochelle, she is a she's very good at um, I call it nonverbal acting. Mm-hmm. Right. Her facial expression communicates how she's feeling. Right. So that would be the nonverbal acting. So non-verbal. for people that don't know what that means, it would be communicating without saying Single, anything. any words. Yes. Yeah. How are how um how is your facial emotions set up? How is your body language? Right. Are you looking away? Are you holding your stare? Um, are you looking down at the right time and looking back up at the right time? Um, all of that. Rochelle's very good at. Mm-hmm. She's very good at nonverbal um, communication, and it shows well on screen. So when I saw that in the audition room, I knew for a fact that she was Samantha, right? Because Samantha de- dealt with a lot of hurt, and you need someone who's playing that role to be able to ex- to have the ability to do that because it pulls on the emotions of whoever's watching. If that person can't do that, then um, the, the the film does not have the same weight. We, you don't feel it, right? And if the actor is able to show and express that without even saying a word, imagine when they do talk, how much more powerful it's going to be. Right. So that's what Samantha, well, that's what Rochelle was able to display, portray, portray. being Samantha. Yeah, and that's how, that's the reason why I knew that she was it. Was Joelle on the same page when she saw Rochelle audition? Yes, but I think I was pushing for Rochelle more. Okay, because you could see it. I could see it. Yeah. I think, um, and maybe Joelle could come and say, you know, tell me otherwise, but I'm pretty sure we went back and forth a little bit of the potential of Samantha, mm-hmm. but I was pushing for Rochelle. I was like, she's Samantha, and I know it. Right. Now, I mentioned, because you had me host at the premiere. Yes. And before the premiere happened, um, see, I'm giving you time. Mm-hmm. Before the premiere happened, you told me, okay, Sharice, you're going to be hosting. Mm-hmm. You're going to be asking the questions. And so we sat down, mm-hmm. and I started asking you some little bit of information pertaining to the film that I didn't already know. Um, but one thing I did know was that you had one character that was the same within the play. Yeah as well as within the movie, which was Carrie Ann Roden. Mm-hmm. She played the same character in the play that she actually played in the movie. Yes. Why? So the character that 
Carrie Ann played was Samantha's mom. Mm-hmm. In the play, she, the the type of mother that she was was uh, alcoholic. And she, literally half of the play, she has her bottle in her hand. I thought that would have been very dramatic to have as that same type of character on film. Mm-hmm. So I changed the type of mom that she was. And it's more like an angry um, mom who is just like struggling with life. Um, didn't want to do the same concept because for me, it was just corny to do on film. So the reason why I picked Carrie Ann to play Samantha's mom is because literally I saw the potential of Carrie Ann being able to play that role. Mm-hmm. It's a combination of two things. Maybe part of me is just like, I don't really know anyone who's going to be able to play the role, period. Yeah. Right. And deliver. And de- and deliver. Yeah. Even though Carrie Ann has, and it's a, there's a big difference acting on stage and acting for screen. Yeah. Huge difference. You know, there's a lot of people who I've worked with um, for stage and they do great. Um, but I'm not sure if they would deliver well in those same roles on screen. Not saying that they can't deliver it on screen, but the same roles that they played on stage, I don't think they could necessarily deliver on screen. Carrie Ann's one of the people who I said, if we just work, rehearse, mm-hmm. she can get it. Yeah. You know, um, maybe us doing the trailer for Favoring Fair, the play... Because she was in that trailer, helped me to see a little bit of her ability to work in front of the camera, mm-hmm. where I had the confidence to be like, yeah, I think she can do it. Right. So that's the reason why. And she was willing to do it. Yeah. I mean, if anyone knows Carrie Ann's personality, it is so far from the character that she portrays. Yes. Because Carrie Ann is very bubbly, yes. very happy, loud. very smile, very yes. loud. So for her to now transition into this role where she has to be more serious, she has to be more angry, angry. more aggressive, mm-hmm. more how could you do that? Like, do you not think of me kind yeah. of personality? You can tell that that is something that you have to be able to like switch from. It was hard It was hard for her. There were moments where I'm like, okay, we got to take it again. We got to mm-hmm. take it again. And I'd be like, no, I need more. I need more. I'm like, now you're, you're just saying the words, but I'm not hearing the anger. I'm not hearing the frustration. And we'll just, and I'll talk to her about, okay, this, I, when, I, when I'm directing and looking behind the screen, I want to be able to feel it in that moment. If I can't feel it in that moment, there's no way in post-production we're going to be able to feel it. Right, right. So for me, that is really important. So if I don't feel it, I'm going to be like, no, nah, okay, let's talk about this. Let's, let's work this out, mm-hmm. you know, because at the end of the day, we got to make sure that we're trying to get this right in order for us to be able to get a beautiful picture at the end. Right. Um, but she had the, she, I knew she had the ability and she did it. So now I kind of want to switch gears and talk about scenes and settings and locations and, um, all of that that comes into a movie, which some people probably don't realize mm-hmm. that that is probably one of the, toughest challenges to find a place um that matches the script yeah um to find the availability um and i think sometimes like you have to get permits for certain things location wise like what was that like trying to find a location um obtaining a location and mapping it out in your head to match the script so first of all writing this script I wrote it with the intentions that with God and his favor, I'll be able to film it. Mm -hmm. Meaning that I did not write something that was completely out of my ability to be able to film in that location. Mm -hmm. There was no time where I said, do you know what? I feel like we should have this scene at an airport. How am I going to be able to get an airport set together? You know, I, there is no, 
There's nothing where it's filmed in a location that I did not believe I could potentially have access to or something that could replicate that or, you know, reflect that in some sort, some sense to kind of trick the audience that we're there, but we're, we're, we're really not there. So where did we trick the audience? So a p- few people thought that we actually filmed in a hospital, hmm. um, but we did not film it in the hospital. We filmed um, at a nursing home. Okay. Okay. So it was filmed in, in a nursing, the hospital scenes were all filmed in a nursing home and, you know, I had to play the I don't want to say the play of the Christian card, but you know, I was like, you know, we're trying to do a Christian film, you know, and it was a Christian nursing home. So I was like, you know, can you all help us deliver the word of God to the people by allowing us to have access to, to the nursing home? And they said, yes. So, um, we were able to kind of get access to that nursing home that way. Um, and we picked all of the areas of that nursing home that looked most like a hospital. Mm-hmm. And that's where we decided to film those scenes. So did you go scouting before you did filming? Yes. Most people, again, don't know that you can't just assume that a location will work. Work. Yeah. We had to go inside. Yeah. We went inside. We, you know, we visit, we, we talked with, okay, who, um, we talked with whoever was responsible and asked, okay, where can we film? What's accessible to us? What's not accessible to us? And honestly, now doing the, now completing a film, there's different questions I would have asked at that particular time. Like, you know, well, how, how, um, this, this, the quality of sound, like, will we be able to have quiet, you know, moments, moments yeah. during the filming or are we going to be filming with a lot of noise and people talking or walking the back in the background and things like that? Um, or the sound of the fridge, can we unplug the fridge or does the fridge have to be plugged in? Mm-hmm. Cause the fridge, vo- the fridge has volume. Yeah, once you put a boom mic in there, the, the fridge has volume. You don't realize how loud a fridge can be <laughs> until you start to film a, a whole movie and you want that fridge to be quiet. So we had to scout the different locations first, and then and took pictures. We actually have I saw on Facebook. We have a whole Facebook group, um, and it has photos of the locations that we looked at before okay. we filmed. Um, so the office and and the nursing home and the houses that we were able to beg people. Yeah, I was about to ask you about that. You know, there are some people from church whose homes we used, yes. including our own. Yes. Yeah. So was that easy to get people to? Uh, yes. Honestly, a lot easier than you would expect, especially for Paula's house. We were in, yeah. we were filming at Paula's house for like three days straight and we invaded like the whole yeah you're literally in somebody's home invaded every the whole house, area the master bedroom the master bathroom the, the whole kitchen, main living floor room. Yeah. kitchen living room everything i think we actually even broke something in that house oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> we um they have you know, what's it called they had like a glass thing that you know the glass thing that goes in front of your couch like the coffee, coffee table, table the glass coffee thing. table yeah they yeah. had that we yeah our cameraman broke that oh wow Cracked it up. Glass <laughs> everywhere. We're sorry. And we couldn't pay back for that. Yeah. So, yeah. But they were still so kind, allowing us to film for, like, three days in their house. Yeah, because that's, like, personal space. Personal space. Yeah, because I know even, like, uh, the scene for Samantha's mom's house, you know, that's a family member's home yes. that we were using. And we're in their personal we're space. We're in their space. You Good. know, rearranging their furniture. Rearranging. You know. It's, oh, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you, family. <laughs> You know, it's not easy. It's not. Yeah. And if I if I was to do it again, it's just like, okay, like it's a big ask. Yeah. Right. To ask of people, Mm -hmm. Um, especially because something like that, if you could film in someone's house and they're willing to give it to you for free, like that 
cuts off so much money expenses expenses, because it's a lot of money and then like i i even remember we're in the house right and everybody everything has to be quiet quiet you know so you're hearing quiet on set and if there's one noise you have to stop it it's a problem yeah because it picks it up yeah, the sound is really important. You have to be really... That's why it go back to the fridge. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to plug out that fridge. The fridge is making noise. If the furnace is running, that's a problem. Yeah. If the AC is loud, that's a problem. And so then it would be hot sometimes. Oh, yeah. It, it would get hot. hot. Mm-hmm. And then you have the lights going and everything. It's a lot. And then you have a whole bunch of people in one space. Depending on how much people are in the scene, it, it becomes a lot more bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is. it is very tough, but... We were, able, we were able to make it work out. Now, you guys filmed for two weeks straight. Yeah. And when we sat down and we talked about it, you were saying to me how some people had to take time off of work, mm-hmm. use all of their vacation time yeah. to be able to film for this. And then the breaks in between weren't even that long. Mm-hmm. Like, probably 30-minute breaks, maybe yeah. an hour if we were lucky. Yeah. Um, and you're filming from morning to sundown. Um so it didn't leave a lot of time to go and get food. In some areas we're in, yeah. um, there wasn't food places around. Yeah. So what did you have to do? What was the solutions to keep everybody kind of nearby um, so that way people didn't have to leave so people weren't late for um, getting back to filming? So we had catering. Thanks to Marissa Nicole helping us out in that area. Um, she did bring a lot of food um, options to us. Again, low budget so it didn't mean that we had a whole bunch of options each time so people who had vehicles or wanted to you know get something for themselves they had the choice to be able to do that especially if they're not filming or needed in that moment they're like okay let me jump in my car and get whatever i want Mm -hmm. even though we did have some catering options um especially for the um the crew they Mm -hmm. couldn't go anywhere so we had that there what was the question just the food just yeah like um Cause I know we've spoken one on one, and you're just like how favored we were to have people like the Masons, yeah. um, Marissa Nicole, yeah, um, Mom was helping with food. Yes, and I think even Sister Carol McNeish. Yes, I think I've heard about her she helping too. Was able to bring some food, and again, whatever they brought, like probably like two options, right? Yeah, two or three options. So again, there were still people who may have wanted to go off, but. You know, for the most part, there was something there. There was something there. And I'm very grateful for everyone who was willing to donate, help out, cook. They probably were just like, all right. You know, for them at home, it's probably nothing. Yeah. They don't they don't see the vision. I don't even understand the whole vision myself because there was no product to show like, oh, this is what we've done before. Right. So they're probably like, okay, Sister Candace is doing something. Sister Candace well, needs food. Let okay. me just help out and, you know, or or First Lady Karina is asking me to, you know, do this for Candace. And, you know, they don't they don't see the full thing. And how much it helped. And though. how much it helped and how much it's so needed. Yeah. For, you no know, 12 hours of, 12, 12 hours a day of filming. Yeah. Um, Two weeks of filming that, and I'm going to guess bring it to another direction where we didn't even complete the whole project. Like, every, like we weren't able to film every single scene that we were planning to film so you had to like cut things out then in the moment i remember being in paula's house and hassan he's the cinematographer aka videographer he's the person behind the camera yeah (laughs) i want to make you want to break it down break it down yeah the guy who who was doing the camera work um his name is hassan and i remember he came to me and he's like candace um what are we gonna do because we have to do this this and that today and we do 
we won't have the time to do it. Jackie's telling us that we only have two hours left to be able to do it. And I literally went to him and said, okay, we're just not going to film that scene. I, I literally had to make the moment and say, okay, we're not going to film that. Mm-hmm. We're not going to film this scene. So the reality, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched it, but um, the character Diane, who was Paula's best friend, she literally never meets or sees Samantha. Diane, who plays the role of Paula's best friend, she literally never meets Samantha, period. Mm-hmm. She, we were supposed to have scenes of Diane building a friendship with Samantha, but we we never had time, and I had to pick which was more important, which parts were more important. What is going to help ensure that we complete the story, mm-hmm. right? Because at this point, it was about completing the story and not beefing up the story, right? Diane and Samantha, all those moments that we would have shot was going to help beef up the story, but it wasn't going to complete the story. I think that we had to focus on the more important aspects, which we did capture right um that wasn't the only scene that we cut out but it's one example that is very fresh in my mind yeah that you can think of in the moment yeah okay now i just had to think in my (laughs) in my head where do i want to go next with this um okay so now we're getting through the filming process and at the time when you were filming did you already have an editor no okay so we were just filming just to film and then we we're like, okay, we'll figure out the post production piece after the fact. Let's just focus on. Isn't that wild? Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> you know what? I don't know, like, if it was just me. Like, I'm like, okay, yeah, she must have had like something lined up, right? Now I'm like, actually, it's in this moment I'm realizing. Wait, did she have something lined up? Not really. Like, I heard of Hassan had someone who's like, oh, this person is good at editing, but nothing, nothing was like locked solid, right? You know, we tried out that person. We fired them because it just didn't look good. It's just like, wow. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for making things not work out. Yeah, because, hey, come on now. Hallelujah. Listen, that, there's a message in that. There is a message oh in goodness. that. I'm here messing up the mic. But, <laughs> but for real, if we were to go through with the per, the original person who we were who we tried, oh my goodness, the film would have looked so trash. Yeah, so trash. And we were all, we were trying to like you know, um. We're trying to be low on the expenses because we kind of blew the whole budget in filming. Right. So the for the same guy who was going to edit was going to do the coloring. Oh, my goodness. Everything looked blue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole thing looked blue. I'm like, what is this? This is terrible. I can't remember the full reason as to why we fired him, but I fired him. Wow. So, <laughs> I mean, it had to be done. It, was, it had to be done. It had to be done. It had to be done. So, no, I we did not know the editor um, at that particular moment. Right. So at that time, you're just kind of filming just to film. Um, You get done with filming. And then, like, did you immediately look for somebody? Like, I know you said Hassan had somebody. So did you immediately, like, give him the footage and say, all right, let's see what you can do with this? Or did it take some time before you got to that point? So I can't remember. Oh, I think it was 2018. Okay, so I guess... um, we finished filming, so again, two weeks in 2015. 2016, 2017, I gave up. I said, okay, we blew the whole budget just filming this project. Okay, so you didn't even do anything because the whole budget was blown. Yes. Okay, so, and the money that c- contributed to this film was the money you've made from doing all of the plays in the past? Some of it. Some of it, okay. Yeah, and 
then you know our executive producers did what was needed for the rest so the budget that i thought because i you know i told us hey you know it's gonna be this much um but i also based it i based it off of the original person who i thought i was gonna be working with right. on this film the the guy who i was working on the promo trailers for favorite fair um i thought i was doing this film project with him something happened that didn't work out thank thank jesus it would have been cheaper but now I know that this was the right way to go because what quality I would have gotten there does not compare to what we have now. Right. So um, ended up filming, blew the budget. I said, okay, I give up because... Put all the footage under your bed. I put the files, <laughs> the hard drive is like this big with all of the files, multiple, multiple files of the film, audio and everything. Under my bed, and I said, all right, well, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until, you know, a few people asking, okay, you know, when's it coming out and whatever. And then Bishop said, do you know what, Candace, just finish the project. Right. So that was in 27, towards the end of 2017 into 2018, we started the post-production. So it was Bishop coming to you and say, hey, people are asking for it. I'm waiting for it. Just, Let's just finish it. Just finish it, yeah. Get yeah. it done. And then... At that point, we found, um, I guess we somewhat found an editor. Because I have, I did fire quite a few people in the process of doing this project. Like, I had a, uh, my first um, assistant, my first assistant director, who was Jackie. I had someone before him who I fired. Be- before her who I fired. Right. Right? So, there was different people who, at one point, I thought I was going to work with, and then it didn't work out. Or I said, you know what? I'm going to have to let you go. Right. So, and is that why, like, certain people had multiple roles to do? Like, I think Michelle. Oh, well, I'll tell you the reason for that. Okay. <laughs> um, so, going back to the fact that I think at one point we had someone who we thought was going to be our editor. Mm-hmm. And it may have been the same person that Hassan suggested to us. So then I'm, we're like, okay, we got an editor. So let's get our um, let's get our film scorer now. The person who's going to add the music and the sound effects to the whole film. So we found someone for that. Then we we let go our, of our editor who we thought we, we were going to use at the time. So then it was our film scorer who connected us to our current editor, who's Daisy, because we actually happened to ask him, do you know any editors mm-hmm. that would be willing? And he said, yeah, well, I actually know someone in Toronto. Because at this point, he was living in L.A. I think he was from Toronto, but he lived in L.A. He was doing movies in L.A. and stuff. Oh, okay. So he said he has an editor in Toronto, and it was Daisy. So through him, we got connected to Daisy. And then Daisy helped connect us to our colorist. And the our post-production studio who actually did the whole piling, um, piling up the files and putting everything together. Right. Compiling or whatever the word is. And so what was it like working with Daisy? The best thing ever. Um, <laughs> the best thing ever. Best thing ever. She was just so nice, so sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, she knew we knew nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so did you like go in there and tell her, yeah, we know nothing. We know nothing. Or did she, could she just tell you guys knew nothing? I'm I'm very you know, I'm very what's the word outspoken upfront upfront yeah I'll say it as it is tell it like it is I'm not fake you know so I'm like yeah we don't really know what we're doing 
thing is, when we say we don't really know what we're doing, we understand art. We like I understand what I'm looking to see, right? I could give her directions of how to edit things. Like there are certain things that I told her to do that just made things flow. Yeah, you just don't know how to do that. I don't know how to physically do it as yeah. well as I don't understand the business aspect of it. Okay, right? Like I'm learning the reason as to why. Um, I had to slate in front of the camera or why I had to slate and make sure the boom mic is nearby. Like I'm learning the technical aspects of it. I'm learning the business of doing, um, what's it called? Film festivals mm-hmm. and the, and you know how you go about them. I'm learning the concepts of, okay, working with, I worked with the colorist, but learning the importance of, okay, what they're learning, what they do and the importance of, okay, being there and looking at things with them. Like she's teaching us the process and um, the reasons as to why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Even though I have an idea of it, I fully didn't understand the reasons why. And she helped me to understand the reasons why. So that's the reason why. And she was very patient and she encouraged us and she listened to us. Right. You know, she didn't make it seem like she, I'm in the business. Like she's worked on Hallmark movies and stuff like that. Movies, Ransom it was a TV show, you know, out there. She worked on these productions, but she wasn't like, do you know what? You know, you guys are just trying to do a cute little thing. Now nah, she like respected us as creators and she, she built up our confidence to be able to do it. So even though she's the editor, she allowed us to have a strong voice in the editing room. And she pretty much did this like pro bono to help. Yeah, because what we paid her is not her worth. You know, she wor- she's worth a lot more than that, but she was willing to. So then that goes back to the favor yes. that was upon this whole entire film to yes. get somebody like Daisy. Yeah. The way you got her, because you had to fire somebody. Yeah. It had to not work out f- with somebody, somebody else, else. Yeah. for it to work out with Daisy. Exactly. And then for her to be able to expose you guys to the film festivals, to the distribution companies, yeah. to so many different aspects of film that you otherwise probably wouldn't have and been able to connect she to. was so patient with us and willing to hear our terrible questions our good questions but also like our really dumb questions mm-hmm. you know we're like oh you probably already know this or any beginner would know this but we have a question yeah <laughs> you know so because i think like even joelle said that like she would come with like a book oh yeah joelle's different of questions <laughs> no but i love that because yeah. it's just like you know um you're coming in and you're trying to understand the whole concept of it in order to be effective in this film to contribute something to this yeah. film. Yeah, Joelle had her as Daisy says. Joelle comes with comes with her one hundred questions. Yeah, I remember she will actually have an Excel spreadsheet of questions, and then Daisy will comment beside each one. Oh wow! Right, so it was very it was very organized questions. Right, that's why I really appreciate um Joelle and working with and her. working with her because yeah. she does all that stuff that I have no patience for you know? <laughs> that you don't have to think about. <laughs> I'm just like I, like you know I don't have the patience like I don't have the patience, but she's really great at it. Yeah, very detail oriented. Like I'm detail oriented, but in a different way. Yeah, right. She's detail oriented on paper. Right, you know, so she can handle more of like the business aspect like not saying that you can't yeah. but like kind of fine-tuning those Any things Excel spreadsheets that need to be done she does it okay like, you do it right <laughs> you know so that's why i really appreciate working with joelle um because it, it just matches well um so yeah daisy, daisy was really patient with us mm-hmm. and i just really appreciate her willingness to just she for example I don't even know if I can say it, but I'm going to say it anyways. But, like, um, she was willing to give her editing services to this production house for free 
so that they could allow us to go into their space to do a screening. Wow. Right? So she said, hey, I will edit this for you for this whatever movie project or whatever. And she did that for free for, for them. For free for them. So that way you guys we could, could be in could there. go into the studio house. Wow. And we were able to um, do a proper screening of the film. It mm-hmm. was like, she just has such a nice heart, loving heart. So yeah, she was awesome. I want to work with her again. Yeah. For sure. I love Daisy. I met her, I think, for the first time at the premiere. Yeah. And she just seemed so sweet. Very sweet. Just very nice. And she let us into her home. Mm-hmm. You know, we were editing in her home. So we were, we'll be like going to Toronto multiple times to look at the film in right. her home. Now, I kind of want to go back to Michelle. All right. And the only reason why I'm so intrigued with yeah. Michelle is because when I interviewed Michelle on the red carpet, she kind of brought back to my memory that she was an extra in the film and she had multiple roles. Like, so we were talking about having to fire people or replace people. Like, Mm -hmm. was that the reason why Michelle had so many roles and was able to wear so many hats? No, it's because we, it's a low budget film. Ah. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I should have put that together. You know, one plus one equals two. It's a low budget budget film. film, So Michelle was doing a lot. (laughs) Yeah. You have to do a different, you know, multiple roles because it's low budget. Yeah. Right. Um, And because it's not a crazy large cast, you know, we don't have like a hundred people, you know, having to be in the audience for some scene or whatever. So she's not having to manage a lot or like anyone it's not really managing a lot because it's not a large cast of people. Okay. Right? I think the largest group of people you had was probably the church scene. The church scene. Right. And I would have filmed that differently if I was to film it again. You would. So, yeah. But for Michelle, she was a script, I think she was script su- supervisor, which means that while we're filming, she's watching the script to make sure that the actors are saying the right um, lines at the right time. Or the right lines, period. Yeah. Right? But then if we're filming a particular scene, you got to make sure that in the scene that we're in, they're seeing the right scenes for that, right lines for that scene. Mm-hmm. Right? And they're not somewhere else. Because imagine you'll be seeing the wrong lines. Because me as a director, as much as I'm paying attention to the the words, I'm not paying attention to the accuracy of the words. Because you're paying attention to so many things. So many details. Like where they're standing, where they're positioned, you know. Lighting. Are they delivering? Are they delivering? Yeah. Are they in the right, you know, all, all that stuff. So I'm paying attention to a lot of things. Most importantly, are they delivering? Yeah. Are they in the right positions? I'm, I'm trying to make sure that the cameraman is get, able to get the right angle that we need for this scene. I'm making sure that the light person has the right lighting, even though that's the cameraman's responsibility responsibility and i'm here using the basic terminology so that people understand yeah. the roles i'm talking about but they have actual different titles but i'm making sure that the camera man um is good the light person is good the audio person is good um my assistant director she's always making sure that i'm good and that we're all on schedule because two hours could fly by so fast to film five minutes mm-hmm. of a scene so all these different factors and for someone has to make sure that we are saying like imagine us me us filming something and we skip a whole two lines that were supposed to be said because we had to switch we switched the positions of the camera and maybe two lines were supposed to be captured on that angle and we completely missed it. Right. Michelle would be like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We were that person's supposed to say this line and we never caught it. 
Mm. You know, we have to make sure we catch so it. So that was her job to make sure we get the line. Make sure we get the line. And and what happens is we're filming a scene and we're filming it multiple times in different angles. Mm-hmm. So I, the, she has to make sure that actors are saying the right lines each time so that when we go back in the post-production and we're editing it all together, it matches. It matches. Things yeah. are falling in the right place. The lines are falling in the right place. Yeah. Right. That's and that's one thing at the premiere that Carrie Ann was saying um, about her lines. I'm telling her don't mix up your lines because yeah, don't make it up. Don't make it up. Yeah, because on stage when you're when you're acting on stage, you can just say not necessarily you can say whatever, but you can just say something that it still correlates to what the line should be. Yeah. Enough so that way the next person can pick it up. Pick it up and go. Right. But when you're in film, it has to be accurate. It has to be accurate. Yeah. Everything you said when the camera was over your shoulder, you better say those same exact words when the camera's now, you know, facing you in front of you. Mm-hmm. Right? Because when we're going back there to edit and chop things up, things have to sync up together. Right. You know? So you can't just be making up. You can't be mixing up the words. You can't be doing all that because it makes it really hard for us to be able to put it all together at the end of the day beautifully so right so we got through the audition process actually we got through the writing we got through the audition process we got through the filming we got a little bit into the editing now the film is done right and you decided that you wanted to do a film premiere but what happened what happened are we done talking about the filming yes okay we're, we're moving into now the film is done Okay. You know, um, you're ready to release it. But then COVID happened. Oh, that's where we're going. That's where we're going. That's where we're going. Yeah. Yeah. So you were going to release it. But then you didn't. We, we, the film was wrapped in 2019. And then we were, we wanted to do the film festival circles. Like we wanted to put it in film festivals. Okay. First. Uh, I can't remember the, remember the details, but film festivals, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of criteria for your film to be accepted into a particular festival. One of it is like you you can't screen it or something like you can't premiere it, premiere it prior to the film the, festival. The festival, right? So the, so we don't want to do the premiere prior to the film festival um, because we want to make sure that the film qualifies for the festivals, right? And you have to pay per festival. Every festival that you submit your film into, you have to pay for it. Got so it. if you're gonna submit your film into a festival, you better have a feeling that you'll be able to have a chance to win, mm-hmm. or like you know at least be nominated. Right. right. So people are like, oh, why don't you do the-? There's a whole bunch of festivals out there. If I had to pay $50 for each festival I'm submitting to. It adds up. It adds up. Okay. You know, and some of the big ones, a lot of people, because they're not, they don't understand the world of film. And it's just, there's so much. Yeah. So much. But all we know is Netflix and TIFF. You know, <laughs> that's all we know. Oh, put into film festival. True. True. You know, yeah, but those are multi-million productions mm-hmm. that are being submitted into these festivals. And even then, a lot of them are not being picked up. So, yeah, I'm not going to do TIFF. I'm not wasting my money competing with a movie that has Gabriel Union in it. Mm. And I'm not doing that because Gabriel Union was paid money, big, big money for that film because, they, you know, they were able to get whatever contracts. So you have to submit to the festivals that you believe you have a chance to win and so that at least your money is going in the right places. And then 
The other thing as to why we weren't able to do it right away in terms of the premiere was because of COVID. So first film festival, and once film festivals were done, 2020 was COVID. And I considered releasing the film during COVID, and we were trying to find ways to do a premiere, like um, if we could find a large theater that could host, maybe could fit like, I don't know, 800, and then maybe do... 50% of it. But what's annoying about these theaters is that they still want to charge you full um full price. Full price mm. You know, so they still go charge you full price. There's there's no discount because of COVID. They just want all the money. And it wasn't making sense. I wasn't really able to find a theater that was able to host um a large amount of people because a lot of them were doing renovations during that time and a lot of them were um trying to f- charge full price full price and it just didn't make sense for me to spend all that money um for that so that was the difficulty we considered doing what's called a drive-in movie concept and we thought and we thought really hard about it and if it was easier we probably would have done it but it was hard to find a large lot to be able to host it at and the cost was kind of ridiculous Mm. you know so that was just not a good um option for us so we were just patient and um another difficult thing is that in brampton mississauga the gta there's no regular theater film like screening theater for you to rent we have cineplex but those are um they already have their contracts with big blocks big blockbuster movies and the only time slots that you have for cineplex is like 11 o'clock on a thursday morning Mm. You know, they they, get, they do rentals, but they're not giving you the evening time slots that people are available for. Those are already reserved for the block, the big blockbuster movies. So we had to go into Toronto where it is the film district. And we just started looking at locations of where other film festivals were hosted. And that's where we, where we were able to find um, the different options of theaters for us. Now, did you know that when you were going to do the film release, that it was going to be, like, an event? Because I feel like we talked about it, and at some point we're just like, oh, we didn't know it was that serious. Yeah, so for me, because it was such a long process, it was eight years in the making, um, I was just ready to just, like, okay, let's just get this out there. Like, we've... Even doing this, you know, talking about it now, it doesn't really explain... I guess nothing was would really expl- could really give you the full... F- um, experience of what it really was to get to this point that we are today. But um, we we definitely, I definitely was just ready to just watch it. Everyone show up, we watch it. And that was we, it. And we go home. <laughs> you know, let's just get this out of the way. Let's just do this. Casual. People can stop asking me about it. People stop asking me. It's a casually, you know, type of thing and whatever. But it wasn't until the... Um, trailer dropped and people are just like oh they're telling me they want their vip tickets i never thought okay, about so no, you never thought about vip I, before i didn't think about a vip for what <laughs> to watch a movie to, what's a vip people are telling me when the, once the trailer dropped people are telling me they want vip they want vip they're telling my dad make sure you reserve vip for me so they're the reason why they paid more yeah for vip they're the reason why it VIP was a VIP was a thing because we were just gonna watch a movie. We we're just gonna watch a movie, and we came to realize that wow, is it's gonna end up being an event, 
at uh, this point. Like pe- the people made it become an event. So they made it become an event. You weren't planning on no, it being an event. It was just gonna be we just show up and just watch this movie and kind of go home. Right. Take take a picture or two and go home. Yeah. You know. But they made it an event. And once I realized that people are asking for VIP, that you know they're wanting this. You know they're they're saying, oh, what am I gonna wear? They're asking me what <laughs> yeah. am I gonna wear? Custom made dresses. You know, going shopping. They're going to the dressmaker. The dress for what? We're, we're going to the dressmaker. <laughs> we're watching for, a movie. You know. But I realized that they wanted it to be a real like we it ended up being an actual premiere event. Yeah. You know that's how like film premi- film premieres are like. Um, so we weren't like doing something beyond. It was just that I was so exhausted at that point. I was just trying to like keep it simple. Yeah, because we had a red carpet. We had a red carpet. We had photographers. Like, um, the VIP section had their own photographers. Yeah. You know, um, like it was an event. It was an event. You know, the VIP had their food, their photographers, and all that stuff. They had the whole balcony section. Um, so that I was gonna, I was looking into photo booths just to keep it simple. People just show up and do a little photo booth yeah. thing and just kind of go. But no, hired an actual photographer for the red carpet, photographer for VIP. Um, and it was definitely event. People dressed up. Some people were, you know, more on the casual side. More, a bit more casual. Some people were more fancy. Fancy. I didn't want the pressure of what people had to wear deter them from not coming. So yeah, that's why I was just like, honestly, just. Don't look like you will out of bed. Just, <laughs> you know, I had to tell someone, I'm like, make it seem like a date night with your wife. You know, dress up a look a bit. And some people did turn it into a whole date thing. Exactly. Like, I know a few people said, oh, yeah, I'm going to make it a mother-daughter event. Yep. And they went and they had dinner before. Yeah. Then they came to the premiere, watched the movie, yep. and went back home. Yeah. I know a few people, they had dinner. They met up with, you know, other couple friends and couple you know friends are couples yeah yeah <laughs> friends are couples yeah um and they went to a restaurant and they ate and then came to the to the premiere so it was it was a good experience i was glad that we were able to make an event at that point yeah um we had 60 vip spots and then it became sold out really quickly and i had to bump it up to 100 that yeah. was the max i can do that was the max could yeah. do more than 100 so yeah, it was a very good experience, and we did the um, how do you has as a host? Thank you very much, great job, <laughs> a lot of compliments. Um, you know, we were live on the red carpet. The beginning was a little bit rough, my our bad. You know, um, we weren't able to get enough interviewers, and you know, lined up. But you by by twenty minutes in, we figured it out. Yeah, and then um, you were on stage after that, and then me and Joelle went on stage. I introduced the film. Am I supposed to say all this? Go ahead. It's, oh, it's, intru- it's your I introduced your the film. And then we watched the film. And the moment I sat down when, you know, in my seat as the movie was beginning, I was like, oh, shoot. What if everyone thinks it sucks? Wow. So it took you until th- that point. That moment. To be like, what if what people if, don't like this? What if people don't like this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and mind you, I'm at the top. Like, I'm in the balcony section in the VIP and section. And we did miss at least, like, the first two minutes. Yeah. Trying to get to our seats. Yeah. Because we're down on the stage yes. and we have to climb up some stairs yeah, the back way to get to where we're sitting spots. and i was like oh man and so I'm, I'm i'm on the balcony so i could even see um i could see over a lot of people so i'm like wow what if people just start pulling out their phones right now yeah like that would really suck if people are just like not into it mm-hmm. you know but people were enjoying people were laughing a lot more than i thought they would they would laugh um 
and my disrespectful friend had the nerve in the Q and A to basically ask if the jo- this is what she basically asked. Tell she me, a- tell me what she asked. She asked. This is the question was, were the jokes that are on screen did it translate well from? The script. Yeah. Well, I had to correct her. She said from the play, but it's really the script because the jokes from the play are different, right? Yeah. She's basically asking if, if I'm really that funny. <laughs> That's what she was trying to say? That's what she's trying to I say. I didn't pick up on that. That's what she's trying to say. Oh, wow. did the jokes translate well from the script to the screen? No, she was asking, yes, I'm that funny. I'm hilarious, actually. <laughs> you know, I'm the funniest between our group of circle, our, our circle group, I'm the funniest. So... That's what she was asking. Wow, I didn't even pick that up. So, um, yes. I know um, a lot of people enjoyed seeing people they knew. Yes. Or places that they knew. Because I invited some of my coworkers, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I know that place. Mm. Oh, I know that place, you know? So I guess, like, for some people, it's nice to see on a big screen yeah. people and things that are familiar to them. Yeah. It makes them feel good i don't know why but it does yeah it makes them feel like they're a part it's like when we see someone who we know on tv it's not really a big deal it's not, yeah it's not like they're being paid to be there even even if like it's somebody you don't even know that well you're just like oh my gosh yeah. like it's you yeah. unless it's like a real like unless like they're in a movie or a television show that's a little bit different but i'm talking about like someone being interviewed you know on cp24 we get excited oh yeah <laughs> you know? oh my gosh i know that person mind you they're being interviewed because someone just like was in a car accident and passed away yeah you know but we're just so excited we're that just we so recognize excited. the face yeah you know um so yeah it was it was good and obviously i had to ask the people who i know so of course they're gonna be a part of it yeah as well um but yeah people found it funny and there were jokes intentionally there i just didn't realize that they would catch all of them and it would be that funny and it'll be that funny to them as well as them finding their own jokes here and there by seeing people that they know or whatever. Yeah, definitely. And then obviously it was very emotional, and it's a lot more emotional than I thought people would would be would be. Like I didn't know people would be crying. Well, I think also because you were so close to it, you've heard the lines so many times. Yeah, you've heard, you've seen the expressions so many times. Yeah, right. So you're kind of as much as you're attached to it, you're also kind of detached from it. Yeah, because you've seen this play over and over and over in your head. In my head, in my face. I've seen it in all different aspects. I've seen it on the filming, literally on set, filming yeah. it. on set, in post-production. Right. Like in editing, everything. in the coloring phase, in the music phase. Because I got to look at it all over again when we're trying to figure out what music fits well in this scene. Right. Got to look at it all over again when we're figuring out the coloring for the scene. Right. Got to look at it all over again when we're doing the ADR. Yeah. Um... For the, especially for the scenes that we had to redo the audio for. So, yeah. did we talk about ADR? Uh, no, we didn't. I forgot what it fully stands for, but we had to go into a studio, um, a Toronto studio that actually specializes in this. And we had it, we had um, segments of the film that we had to redo the audio be- for whatever reason. There was like an outdoor scene with Samantha and Corey. Corey's the best friend. Where, um, it was too windy. So the original audio, you just hear the wind hitting the mic very often. So we had to go in the studio and they I brought the actors in the, into the studio and they had to look on the big screen and match their lips and their voices with the with the video. Wow. And I will be in my director's chair and then you have the sound engineer and we'll be communicating and then I'll communicate with the actors and I'll say, Okay, okay, try it again. Yeah. So you're <clears> trying <throat> to literally match what you 
did mm-hmm. however long ago however long ago to present day yes try to match their voice match the timing match the emotions mm-hmm. right so if they're saying if the line is like Corey come back here like it, it has to be it has to sound like you're in that space yeah right like you're actually outside on that sidewalk saying that you know so if it sounds like Corey come back here I'm like no 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 the way your face looks it, it doesn't it, it doesn't, doesn't match. match that tone that you yeah. just gave me so I have to be directing again the actors in the studio and then telling the sound engineer okay try this again okay that was good keep that one get rid of the last one and we're communicating like that wow so I do so we did that for some of the outdoor scenes and also the restaurant scene the restaurant scene um, last minute we realized that we couldn't f- so it goes back to the same outdoor scene that we had to do the ADR for that day was super windy mm-hmm. so by, by the time it came to us actually having to film the rest of that scene outside um, we're like we can't like the conditions of out here is too much we needed to find an indoor location mm-hmm. so one of the girls who was on set she was she was playing a background role but she was very passionate about this film she, and I, she was at the premiere she actually. was yeah she was, at the premiere. Um, she was very passionate and she had an uncle who owned a restaurant and she called her uncle and said uncle like you know we're trying to do this date scene um, we're thinking of trying to find an indoor place can we come to your restaurant he's like sure come on down so we just packed up everything we packed up everyone everyone went in their cars and we went down to the restaurant. Thank goodness it was in Brampton. Mm-hmm. And um, we filmed there. The only thing is that literally the restaurant was fully open. Okay. <laughs> it was fully operational. There were waiters and everything. There were customers, right? So the sound that we had in that restaurant was very noisy. We did the scenes and the acting and everything and audio and, every- and everything. And we even borrowed one of the waiters to deliver food. Okay. Um, to us. So one of the waiters delivered food to the actors in the film, and that person was literally working that shift, and <laughs> they gave us food to use. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the whole scene had to be ADR'd. Wow. The whole scene, because it was too noisy. Yeah. Um, so now when you watch, watch it back, you could probably definitely tell. So now we have come to the end. We're at the end already? We're at the end. We've been mm-hmm. talking for about an hour now. Um, oh, it is an hour. It has been an hour. But um, now the the movie has been released yes. on Amazon Prime in the UK and US, yes. and it's still pending for Canada. For Canada, I'm so mad. I know, yeah, I know you I, are the distribution company. Yeah, I know you're mad, and I know like for the Canadians, I know you guys are so excited to watch the film again. If you were there for the premiere, and if you weren't there for the premiere, I know you are dying to watch the movie but it is coming it's on the way be patient do not harass candace because you know she's done her best i I said what i was told right right and then the ball was dropped and i didn't know what was going on um and you know what it's out of my hands because there's multiple parts to play amazon has to approve it as well yeah and the distribution company company has to do whatever they have to do there's so many hands involved so many hands so you know just be patient it will come and we will let you know when it is out if you are that impatient then i suggest taking a trip over to buffalo (laughs) new york um you know that's a two-hour drive and just you know 
stand on the other side of the border and just watch the movie in your car and you will enjoy it. They're going to have a U.S. Um, address. Just be patient. Just be patient, guys. It's coming. It's coming. Um, so we are at the end. Candace, thank you so much for sitting down do with me. Do I get me. closing words? You do get closing words. Technically speaking, you're supposed to also say what your drink was, but you didn't even pick your drink when I asked you, so I'll just give you the bottle and you can let everyone know what was in your cup. What were you, What were we drinking today while we talked? Woodbridge. Woodbridge. Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay, guys, so that's what we're drinking today. Kind of said it was aye when I poured it. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's aye. But that was the drink of the day. Candice, do you have any closing words for us? I'd like to say thank you guys for your support. (laughs) Please, when it is on Amazon Prime, please watch it, like it, and review it. You know, the get, review part is a big part, guys. Review. Please review. Let us know. That's why I gotta start telling people, especially when it comes out on Canada, please write a review. Please give us a star. And if you want us to do another film, let us know and we'll think about it. Yes. And I hope that you guys will be helpful because I know my sister will probably drag me into it. Mm-hmm. When we ask for your help with this film, if you want mm-hmm. another film, please say yes. Don't give yeah. us a, a difficult time. Don't give us a hard time. You know, <laughs> we we may need you know honestly maybe something that we need in this community. Who knows? Um, people may want to do it. I was, I was talking. To, oh gosh, we're done. We're wrapping up. We are wrapping up. I'll talk. I'll tell you about it after after this. Okay. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to On Life with Sheree Smith. Thank you, Candice. Thank you.